Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Um, this episode, I'm, I'm not really going to be recapping the classic so much as uh, rehashing a conversation that I had with uh, Joseph Coella and uh, saving for myself, Joe. How do you say your last name? It's uh, Colella. Yeah. Colella. All right. Yeah, and, you're close enough. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always butchering people's names, even though I've known you for like 14 years. And, um, but, Anyway, so quick introduction, Anarchy, right? That's pretty much how we know you nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I'm most likely known for uh, being on Echo, and just this last year was my first year with um, with Anarchy. Gotcha. And obviously the OG panel, uh, in case people aren't tracking that for any reason. And um, so just to kind of paint the picture, uh, this was day one of the Classic, the evening uh, with the, the after party, and I was super early, even though I thought it was like super late. And ended up sitting down with uh, with you and Kelly, and um, you know after after catching up with you guys for a little bit, um, I think I just flat out asked you, the wheels come off. What what does that mean exactly? And um, to to give more preface, um, you know on my way to to San Diego that that morning or Friday morning afternoon, I was thinking about it. Like I'm I'm 36, um, you know I'm I've got maybe a couple years left. I keep saying that, but you know it's. I look to you and people like Dave and, and Tim and some of the older guys have been playing for so long. And I see that they're, they're still out there getting after it and they're still playing and they're still very competitive. And so I was asking myself to ask you, like, I'm going to ask Joe what he means by, what, what do you mean by the, when the wheels come off? Like, what does that, what's that feel like? What's that sound like without trying to jinx you? But what does that mean? Sure. Yeah. So I wasn't really ever sure when my time was going to come like when is enough enough and throw in the towel. And, you know, I always just found myself like telling myself, you know what, until the wheels fall off, there's no reason for me to stop playing. I mean, I love the game so much and um, you know, it's, I have such a love for the game that it's probably going to take some catastrophic injury uh, for me to actually throw in the towel for dodgeball. And I don't even know if that would be enough. Like, you know, it, if I, you know, had a major injury like an ACL or something like that, I probably would just rehab for eight months and try to get back on the court, you know? Um, and that's really, you know, till the wheels fall off. I'm not really sure when that will be, you know, I've been telling myself every year, Oh, this will be my last year. This will be my last year. But, you know, um, I really got to give a shout out to, to, uh, anarchy. Cause I think they kind of revived or revived my, uh, my passion for the game because, I had so much fun playing with those guys. I would, I would probably, you know, go into my mid forties. I probably got four or five years left. I, I feel now, um, you know, just playing with a young group of guys, I feel young again. I may not be able to move like I used to, but uh, you know, I think the wisdom of the the game is still there. And I, you know, I learn, you learn how to, you know, conserve your energy uh, when you play um, as you get older, you don't have to do, um, as much or be, um, you know, uh, I guess so amped up for every movement on the court where nowadays at my age, it's more planned out. I, I can kind of see things the way things are happening. So I don't have to exert as much energy. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I take a different role now. Um, as I get older, I, I only do certain things, but, uh, you know, I still want to be involved. So, so the wheels fall off pretty much means until I can't get on the court or no one wants me on the court anymore. Probably that's where, what, uh, what it's going to take. Gotcha. And what I like about that is it's not like a, for, for lack of better words, it's not like a, a 
like a quantitative thing. It's not like when I hit 40, I'm done. When yeah. this thing happens, I'm done. It's it, it. There's a lot of things that you just can't really measure or look to. Like you'll just, I feel like you'll, you'll just know pending again, heaven forbid a, a really bad injury. It's kind of like what you said, you know, um, if a team doesn't want you anymore. And I, I could, I almost wanted to ask you if, if anarchy was like that, that second, um, um, that second wind or that breath of fresh air, because, um, it was, yeah. Like, like all it of really a sudden, was. yeah. And like all of a sudden, and, and this doesn't, isn't, um, a diss on you at all, but you became, I want to say more where I'm used to seeing you. And that's like towards the final, you know, top three, four teams, um, granted on the East coast, but like when you came down to the West, uh, in round three, lo and behold, you guys were in the championships. It's like, ah, oh, yes, that's where, that's where it belongs. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it may not be, I might not take the same role as I did, you know, 12 years ago where um, I was uh, a dominant thrower with the Stingers. You know, it's it's now more so, even if it's just in a men- mentorship role or giving advice to, you know, maybe um, others or young kids that are playing in the sport, um, you know, it's just a different type of dodgeball that I'm playing now, you know, more so um, in that in those roles versus being an all-star on the team at, at 27 when I was throwing stingers, you know, as fast as I could, or, you know, um, it's just a different role now. So, yeah. Well, what I like speaking of, um, cause you mentioned young, young kids, um, the Cedro Perez, he, he writes in his, uh, team USA bio, I'm going to shorten like half of it, but he says, um, nothing beats traveling with your friends, playing in a competitive environment, meeting new friends and celebrating after um, celebrating after and he puts a simple script um but never gets old i hope to play until the wheels fall off right and i, I think he sent that to me and i was like oh that's hilarious um i even said like copyright infringement infringement uh, but then mike mcgee who's also you know these are both children that are playing um says some some things very similar he says um what does he say he's like it's the engine that drives my competitive life till wheels fall off um and that's you know, I, I wonder if that's, if they're getting that from you maybe, or if that's just like the thing people say nowadays, but it's, it's good to see as we're kind of talking offline that even these kids that are so new to dodgeball already have that I'm bought in until, until the end. Right. It's really cool to, to know that that's there and that's, that's the future yes. that we're looking at. Yeah. And you know, I think more so it's, um, I think they might've followed the same path where after a couple of years of playing dodgeball, um, that's just how they feel about the sport. You know, they, they have that level of passion that, you know what, I love it so much. I'm going to play till the wheels fall off. And, um, you know, I'm sure they, they probably didn't hear it from me, but it's good to hear it from the younger generations that they feel the same way that I do, you know, that I'm not, uh, I'm not alone in this, uh, in this thought. For sure. Um, I forget where I might've said this. Um, but I, I think what freaks me out, um, more than anything, and this, it, it's kind of what, what drove me to, to even do this podcast in the beginning was just the thought of like, it's one thing to, to quit dodgeball and walk away and be done. It's, it's one thing even more so if dodgeball just, just ended, like if there's just no more dodgeball at all and no one played. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. I mean, I'd be heartbroken. Yeah. Why, why is that? Is it because like, what's, what's your take on that? You know, I, I think it's dodgeball becomes a part of who you are right and you know just like anything else that you um that's a part of you when you lose something that means so much to you it's 
you know, it's almost, it's like a, a missing piece. You know, you feel that, that emptiness inside. Yeah. I think that's amplified though. Just thinking that it's just not happening anymore. It's just completely gone. Um, especially when, what's that? Yeah. I think it's unfathomable to even think that dodgeball could be turned off like a light switch. Yeah. Uh, it would, it would be catastrophic. I think, I mean, I don't even think it's even humanly possible unless there's something that's going on outside of, you know, a zombie apocalypse. I would hope that that's something like it would take that and not people just lose interest. And it's, and that, that ties into just, it's good to see younger kids playing and buying into it as, as bought in as they are. And, and, um, you know, we, we need that. We, we need numbers. We need retention. We need recruitment. We need all these things to ensure that that never happens, that it doesn't just dry out. Cause, uh, it would be, a darn shame to um, to look at the last 14, 20, 25 years of our lives and just see something that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, I have no idea of what what that would feel like and never want to experience it. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and even as I get older, you know, um, not that I'm transitioning out of dodgeball, but, uh, you know, I'm taking on different roles. You know, I, I, always, help, um, I always help Kelly with her tournaments, and I, I choose not to play in those so that I could I – could, um, I wouldn't say set a good example, but show everyone that how much I appreciate the game of dodgeball. And I try to show that through how I organize or how I, I, I ran run tournaments or whatnot. And, you know, even with uh, Tyler's Tribune tournaments, I put a lot of effort into it, you know, and I think a lot of organizers do that. It's a, I think it's a direct reflection of how much they, they love the game. So that that's actually a good transition. Cause I did want to, I didn't want to, completely glossed over the classic, but I, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Um, cause you, as you said, you sat back from it and we're talking about how some of us, um, older folks are, are taking more of a different kind of role. Um, I know that's what Kelly said, um, about this year. Like she wanted to kind of step away from the competitive aspects and take more of a leadership role and become more of a, um, producer was what I was looking for last episode in the whole mm -hmm. dodgeball community or contributor rather. But, um, so, you know, you know, you saw a lot of teams show up. You saw 16 teams. You saw three divisions. You saw um, a lot of big names show up. But um, what are your, like, your biggest takeaways just overall now that it's said and done? With the Classic, I think it's um, I think it's a great uh, tournament to have in between, you know, you could say in the elite offseason. I think it's, you know, it's got a lot of great um, attributes to it. You know, uh, it, it's got all three ball styles, which makes it extremely unique to any other tournament. Um, I think the atmosphere was great, though. I mean, there were there was a lot of um, positive moments throughout that tournament um, that kind of just gives you that that good feeling inside that dodgeball is not going away. You know, there were people yeah. that traveled from, you know, all the different uh, regions that came out and. Um, you know, there were a lot of, I don't want to say new teams, but there's always a little mix up with all the other teams. And, and really that mix up is, you know, the younger generation coming in wanting, you know, and the older generation wanting to play with the newer generation, you know, people. So I think that's great. I mean, we had, I think for the first time there was a predominantly South team, or maybe it's just the, uh, um, the Hashimoto's who came and played with, with Billy. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a young group of kids that came out and, and played, um, you know, in Kelly's tournament. So it was good to see, you know, uh, teams like Fabuloso and, um, you know, but at the same time, it was, it was nice to see, uh, 
some of the old guys, you know, still still holding it strong, um, like uh, you know, like Rise and and uh, and and those and those teams too. So uh, it was a good mix, I think, overall. Um, a lot of positivity. I think we actually found a gym that um, that really works out um, to kind of make it a positive experience. You know, at one point, me and Kelly were talking about uh, putting on sweatshirts because it was a little chilly in there. So that's a that's definitely a positive um, versus you know that other one that didn't have uh, in the past where we've had tournaments that had no air conditioning. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny when you guys opened the doors when we're all clearing out for on Sunday evening, and uh, all the Arizona people uh, were just like, "What is this? What is this feeling that we feel right now? Is this is this cold? <laughs> is this cold weather?" Yeah. But uh, it was a great facility, great venue, and I know that um, Kelly had to uh, lay on the discipline a little bit with the with the alcohol. We won't go too into that, but um, I, I just want to reiterate real quick when when these events happen and people are saying. Do not bring your alcohol into the venue. Like, don't, please don't do that. Just because the thought of um, us losing that venue in the middle of the event was was just really kind of, I don't want to say terrifying, but that's just not how you want these events to go. Like, we're talking about, like, the longevity of the sport and the continuity and people sacrificing their time and their energy um, and their, their network and their credibility to make this stuff happen for somebody being selfish and not really thinking things through to ruin it is... Um, it's it's going to contribute to you know these events no longer happening. So um, yeah, you know I was actually really excited. I don't want to say proud because I was excited that Kelly made it a point to say you know what not just you but the whole team will be will be uh, removed from the event if we catch you drinking on uh, on Sunday. So and yeah. I think that kind of changed the whole perspective. I think teams really took that serious that it wasn't um, it wasn't just words coming out of her mouth. It was she was making it a point. So I think that was good. Well, I made the joke, like when you guys call this in the captains into that meeting, into that room, I was like, we're all going to get smoked right now. Like, this is not good. <laughs> like I just went straight to OCS, but like we, we were getting drops. Uh, she's gonna make us push and this is not good, but, um, it might take that. Maybe, maybe it might take something drastic. And I mean, Kelly does not, uh, she scares the crap out of me. Like she, I, I don't think she will bluff and, um, I don't think she'll hesitate to, to make an example and hopefully not to come to that. But, um, yeah, I just want to kind of talk about like how far we've come and how great it is to have a good venue. Like we got to respect this so that we can keep having these events. But um, I'm looking at the the champions, um, just kind of the, the photos that surfaced over the last week, and it's really cool seeing like all the different uh, people that mix together. As you said, you know, I'm looking at Sins right now, and you got you got some Arizona people. You got Eric Jones, Eric Stone. Um, like it's you got Glenn from. Uh, I guess from his uh, Midwest or ah, not Midwest North days, but also um, Derek Johnson. So it's, it's cool seeing that happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really just goes to show you how over the years, these players have bonded at, at the various tournaments. You know, there we go. Um, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't very many teams that were only from a specific region. You know, a lot of these teams were intermixed throughout and, and it just goes to show you, uh, the bonds and the friendships that people have grown because of the sport, you know, and that that's always exciting to see. Thank you for saving me for myself. I was looking for the word, like the bonds that have been formed over the years um, with these team uh, differences. So I appreciate that. That's yeah. what I was trying to go for. But um, bef before we move on um, and talk about some of the, I don't want to say controversial stuff, but just some of the stuff that we talked about in the bar, what were your thoughts on the three on three? Like, I know that that might be a, 
a, I don't want to say controversial subject, but I know that that's something that people are talking about, like three, three men, three women per team now for co-ed. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, so um, I, I read a lot of the threads, especially some of the recent ones, which, which, you know, after reading through the various threads, I could see how um, people can be opposed and for, um, you know, the change. But here's here's my theory, and I probably won't win a dodgeball congeniality with my theory or for my thoughts, but here's what I here's what I think about the, the three three. Um, it's something that we need to move forward uh, in that direction um, if we want to unify dodgeball and and um, all the different levels. And what I mean by levels, I'm talking about worlds being up at top. You know, there's there's been some talks with worlds. <clears throat> going to a three, uh, you know, a three, three. And uh, obviously we want all the organizations below that to follow suit. Um, so we can be uh, more aligned um, in, in the sport itself. But, you know, I always take the, um, I, I'm going to take the stance that I think the three V three needs to happen this year. Um, I understand that there's going to be struggles for each one of the regions. Um, you know, trying to find those uh, three women, but um, it needs to happen. And people are saying, well, there's gonna be less teams. That may be true. There may be less teams initially, and it may even stay that way. Who knows? We don't really know what direction that may take us, but I think it will increase the competitiveness in the three, uh, you know, with the new structure of three women, three three female, or three females and, and three males. Um, because right now it's kind of diluted. I think there, there's so many co-ed teams. We have more co-ed teams than we have open teams, which could be natural, which is natural. But I think having less co-ed teams only intensifies the um, the competitiveness in the co-ed division. Uh, and I say that because, you know, if you can only have three males on a team, most likely your three males are going to be very strong. Right? There's, there's really no wiggle room to have <clears throat> four males where three may be really strong and one might be, you know, run-of-the-mill average type player. Right. And your girls have to all be strong because, <clears throat> like we saw in the Classic, if your women aren't strong, um, well, one, the competitive guys are going to pick off all your girls. And so it brings in that aspect of it. You know, and, and you got to keep in mind that I'm coming from a team that has three strong women already, so I might be biased in that in that sense. But I think it's a direction that needs to happen sooner than later, um, because there are teams out there where girls are just on the team because the guys need two girls to play with. You know, and I think that all really starts from getting the girls involved. Um, in your uh, in your co-ed team like i feel that the girls on on my co-ed team echo um have just as much input or value on the team than any of the other guys you know a lot of times i get kicked out of the corner so some some one of our girls can play the corner you know so it's it's really how you value them and how they see how they how the how the girls see the guys um, how the guys value the girls, you know, it's all about the perception and the optics um, on the court. It's not just what you say, but um, what you do on the court. So 
that's my stance on it. Um, I think it might be, I think it's completely possible in the East region. Um, and I think in the West, we already have a, an abundance of talent of women that can fill the three V3. But I think it's the onus is back on, you know, the guys to get the girls involved. And I think it's the onus is just as equal on the women to get other women to play um, dodgeball um, and show them how much, how much fun it can actually be, you know? Yeah. Yes. I've got some, well, first of all, like obviously this isn't the, the scent, the, we call it solve all end all argument. Um, if there are women players that are actually listening to this that want to chime in and put in their two cents and actually have a, a, a podcast episode based on that, um, I'm more than happy to have it. Cause I, we can obviously only speak for ourselves and, you know, I could, I could talk to my experience and my beliefs. Um, there are Western bias. Of course you can talk to what would you've already you know kind of explained your bias as well. Um, real quick though, did anybody complain at all about the, the, the way the tournament went because it was three, 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 not at all. Not at all. I, and if it did happen, it wasn't brought to my attention or I didn't hear it. Um, if anything, there was a lot of positive talk about the three V uh, three and how much, um, you know, how much, um, how do I want to say it? The, uh, how much more they felt involved in the game. Yeah. Inclusion. Yes. And, and not just, it was their, it was their perception of how they felt on their team. You know, you could almost see it in their smile that they felt truly an equal or uh, in that sense when they were playing, that they had to put forth the equal amount of effort. And you could see it in their play. You, you could almost see it when they're, just the, the amount of hustle that some of these girls um, showed in, in these games, uh, you know, um, is, was unbelievable it was it's different from a 4-2 for sure it definitely you know, is. I, I've played I've played a lot of teams uh, in the past in co-ed where those girls are just there they get hit and they walk out you know they're, they're truly there just to be a body on the court which I completely disagree um, that's not what co-ed was developed to um, it's not part of the culture you know and the culture is to be inclusive so <laughs> Well, we are, we are far, far from the days when in order for us to make this, this tournament that, you know, this one bar was having, we had to just, we had to have two women. So we had to like, Hey, you know, John can get your girlfriend. Can she play? She doesn't have to play. She can just stand there and, you know, just walk off afterwards. Like we're so far from that to now we have, um, a lot of women players that want to play and they actually want to do more than just be ball fetchers or they just want to be cannon fodder. And you're starting to see even with a four, four on two, um, a lot more women corners. Um, a lot of them are throwing. A lot of them are, I saw one, um, it was actually an open team, but I saw one, uh, female, I forget, I think it's from the Pacific Northwest where misfits were, she was like coaching them. Like she was like their leader. Um, in fact, we were like trying to get her out first cause we saw that she was the, the most contributing player onto that team and keeping them, keeping them together. So you start to see that a lot more now when you move into this three on three, uh, set. Um, I saw, that's all I saw on the weekend. Like it, anybody was a threat and anybody was willing to take a shot and everybody was, um, willing to be a corner player. And you say, you know, it's, it's, it's up to the teams on how they're going to value their female players. I say it's how the 
captain or the players are going to utilize their assets now. Like you, you have yeah. six weapons. You don't have four guys, two girls. You don't have three guys, three girls. You have six players now. And yeah. um, it's I'm I'm all for it. I'm excited for it. I think the biggest argument right now, somebody can definitely call me out if I'm wrong, is just the fear that it's not sustainable because we're going to lose teams. But And this kind of goes into the other topic I wanted to talk about too, was that um, – I, I think that's a cop out, as Kate Murphy said. Um, recruit more women, and then when they see that they're actually going to have active roles and they're actually going to play and actually be utilized, then that might want them to come out to play more. But um, I, I think that's like the biggest argument is just it, this fear of um, losing teams. But if that happens, then you know maybe we can go on to our next topic too. And that's uh, you said right now you feel like coeds diluted. Yeah, I mean I do. I, let me just go back and, and just talk about the women first. I think at the same time, I think the women need to demand that level of in inclusiveness too. If I, you know, I, I could see it's only, it could be only human nature where if someone sees someone shying away from that um, level of, I want to say respect, but wanting to be equal, um, it's only nature to say, okay, well, we'll just shoo you aside and let me do all the work. You know, I think, I think it's just as important for the women to um, demand that level of inclusion, you know, and say, no, listen, I, I can do this. I can prove myself or I want to be involved, you know, um, hell, I'll, I'll tell you a quick, funny story. I think we were at, it was um, not nationals, uh, 2018 nationals, uh, no sting division. And I think we were playing, um, I want to say Team Awesome in the uh, winner's bracket finals. And I got yelled at by my girls to, was, and by Kiki. She said, you know, give me that ball. Give me the ball. Like she wanted, she wanted the ball. So I gave it to her. <laughs> you know, she demanded that level of respect or, or that she wanted to be included or wanted to drive to be part of that team. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it takes, I think it takes a little bit of that and, you know, um, it takes a, lo a lot of, a little bit of everything. Right. But that, that is part of it. You know, the girls need to also be, um, in, in that, uh, in that mindset. Yeah. I, I want to, I, I don't know if people, at least new players might know who Jackie Thomas is, but we were, and th this kind of shaped my my mentality uh, with, with all those uh, years as playing on, on Team Evil, especially for the co-ed, was uh, Jackie had a, a stronger arm than most people that played in Tucson. So she was a sleeper. Like, she was small, very sneaky, but she had a cannon on her. So, you know, when we would line up to throw against uh, other teams in, like, the Grand Canyon State games, um, we wanted her to throw with us because that was five people throwing now instead of, you know, six or what have you. Um Yep. So just to, to be able to understand like your team's like strengths and, 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 and witnesses or witnesses, weaknesses and work around those, like that's going to, that's going to determine the, the, the better teams versus um, those that are just there because it's another division that they can just roll into because they, they have the body count. Um, when Kiki's telling you, Hey, give me the ball. It's, it, it's just like another player is just telling you to give you the ball. Like if that person's hot, then, you know, why would you, why would you get in? Why would you interfere with that? Or why would you stop that? Yeah, I mean, to me, it was nothing more than another one of my players on on my team, like um, Pine or Ketchum or Brett or Nicole or Kate asking for the ball. You know, it's well, 
if they want it, they must want it for a reason. You know, maybe they, maybe they feel hot, you know, and I didn't see anything. Yeah. They I, want it. So I give it to them, you know. I saw uh, I saw Nicole cross courting catch him a lot in the finals. Um she Yeah, was, she yeah. actually got a lot of she got a lot of um outs uh, against Hasta La Pasta or Hasta La Pasta and a lot of other teams just countering. She just knew when to throw the ball. Um and not just you know, we're talking about um, some all-star type players too. You know, it wasn't just um, an average player that she was getting out. She was she was hitting some people who um, are very studious to the game. Yep. Yeah, I so. think it's you know for 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 people in the other regions that are worried about being able to play co-ed uh, outsource. Um, West Coast has no shortage of women players. Um, I think East Coast is going to be fine, and then I just I look forward to seeing this happen. I, I hope it does uh, move forward into next year, and I already know that this is going to shake up my team. But you know, I think we're overdue anyway. So you know, let let it happen, and let's just see an actual legitimate co-ed division. And um, if, if you have yeah, problems, you know, I was recruit. actually I was actually really impressed with uh, with how quickly the South has been. Um, moving forward in, in the right direction. You know, I, I, not that I would bash the South, but um, they were, they, they didn't have maybe the same level of, of uh, talent and competition um, as some of the other regions, but they probably had the biggest growth um, in, in both areas um, in the past year or so. And not just men, but, but women as well. I mean, I think um, I have a newfound respect for, for that, uh, for the South region. And I think, I think it'll grow even next year. You know, I know that, uh, you know, um, Billy Schmidt moved down there, so he'll be, okay. um, he'll be playing a lot. Uh, he already plays three days a week down there. So I'm sure he'll try and elevate everyone else's, uh, level of competition. So, um, it's, it's good to see how, um, you know, that the South region is, is growing as well. And, you know, you got Cody Stidham down there who, who really pushes, um, that as well. So it's good to see some of these, these players, um, you know, some old, some new, um, as far as age goes, um, helping progress the sport. They love it so much. Yeah. Well, I had a blast playing with, uh, with Jen Woodley and Alicia Ellis. Um, and then last year, Chrissy Stevens, um, and, and they, they, they might as well have been playing for years. Like they, they fit really into our, our team dynamic and yeah, we were probably middle of the pack at best, but, um, as far as like team cohesion and synergy goes, they were, they were on. So if there are any inkling of what the South is up to, um, it's exciting. As you said, we're going to throw in another whole curveball with Billy in there, but, um, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, three, three on three is the way to go. And if you're worried about not being able to have enough women players, uh, recruit and utilize or outsource. Mm -hmm. You know, and what I really like about this this change of three on three, not only because it will eventually align with with the world dodgeball, but it brings in new dynamics as far as strategy goes as well. Versus four on two, because uh, just because of a gender change, you know. So yep. I think it kind of um, I don't want to say revive, but I think it gives the co-ed division a little bit of a twist. And I'm really hoping, and the way I see it. I think it may we may lose some teams, but I think the the level of competition will increase. You know, I think this year at um, at nationals, um, I would probably say 60, 50 to sixty percent of the teams there um, were not quite elite status. 
to be honest. To so, be completely honest. So going to our bar conversation, because um, I, I definitely, again, I'll, one last call out. If, if people want to discuss their their vision or their their take rather on the code experience, uh, please by all means hit me up and and we'll 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 pump out a, a mini sode about it. Um, but yes, let, let's talk about that because um, I think conversation went like something from the wheels come off to competitiveness. And so you, you're thinking uh, the elite teams, all the teams that are out there weren't elite without trying to sound like a, like a jerk. What, what do you mean by that? Like sure. just dismissing it, that it portion. May just, it may just because I see the light at the end of the tunnel here for me. So it might be a little more sensitive. I'm a little more sensitive to the quality of play versus maybe someone who's in their early 20s who is going to play a bunch of dodgeball for a really long time, right? Right. So I'll take it from that aspect. But the way I've seen it, I kind of mentioned it in the OG panel that last year kind of felt like the level of competition at what I perceive elite dodgeball to be a little diluted. Um, granted, we want to keep inclusion and all that stuff, but when you think about it, when Elite first started, we the the objective or idea was to get the best of the best together and make it individual uh, an invitational, right? So it was the best teams always, you know, uh, were only invited to the tournament. And I'm not saying by any means that that's the way it needs to go to. I just think there needs to be something in between inclusion and keeping the best teams playing the best teams at every tournament. What I mean by that. You know, we have, uh, you know, you have four top four teams in every region um, make the top 16 seeds for each um, division, right? It would be great if those top 16 seeds could be in the same, um, could be in the same pool or bracket with the other 16 teams so that you played all of the best of the best um, because you deserve that as a top four from your region. Whereas today, you know, you may play two or three top four teams and the rest are um, a hodgepodge of um, good teams, new teams. Um, and who could ever make teams. it. Yeah, so you never know what you're gonna get out of that bag of, or that box of chocolates, right? You're gonna get two good teams and several other variations and <clears throat> when i think of elite dodgeball i always think of the first year that they had it where every time i stepped onto the court i felt like i could lose and it's that level like where you get that adrenaline rush where you get that tingling sensation that goes throughout your body when right before that whistle blows and you're like it's game time you know and that's that heightened level of intensity that you get um, you know, call it a adrenaline junkie. And I, I guess I am, you know, cause every time I step on the court, I want to feel like I can lose that match. And that's how I always perceived, um, you know, um, elite to be. Yeah. You want, you want something at stake. Um, and that's, that's the whole name of the, or it's, it's elite for a reason. Like it started off with, as you said, the elite eight, it was the top eight teams from like the West coast at that time. And then expanded to 12. And then I don't know if I was able to articulate this the right way, but it felt like as it grew, it it started to sustain a need, and that was the need for just quality dodgeball. Maybe not competitive so much, 
but quality dodgeball with somebody who gave a crap, um, you know, being Mark and Vince to put on a good production for us to travel and get out of the NDL barnstorming days and actually have reliably awesome tournaments over and over again. And I think the initial vision of it being just the best out of the best turned into uh, we're going to take care of as many people as possible and bring in as much dodgeball as possible because we're it now. NDL crashed, yeah. burned, and that's it. So, Yeah, and I want to make it very clear that I have a ton of respect for Mark and just the amount of time that he's put into putting this together. You know, there's, there's no way you can deny um, how much effort and time he's put into this. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think we've come to a point where decisions have to be made. And I'm pretty sure that those decisions are, are going to be coming here in the leading up to next season, um, maybe a season or two late, but whether that is or not, um, you know, I think, I think they're at a crossroads where decisions need to be made. If not, there's probably going to be someone else who, you know, could create, um, you know, a, so to speak, a elite, tournaments where it's only invitational an invitational tournament let's put it that way not an elite let's an invitational tournament where it is the best of the best well and i think i think tyler tried doing that actually with the the tribune invitational last year um it, for, was, for that yeah, reason. it was good yeah it was it was the he tried to pull the top 50 from his ranking and do a random draw but i think it needs to be more so um let's say um Let's just say there was a an organization that said, or Mark said, you know what, we're going to make a we're going to have an invitational tournament for just the best of the best, and we're going to invite just the top four teams, so 60, a sixteen team tournament from the region, and you guys hash it out. You know, and the rest of the the rest of the teams that want to play, it's more of like a a B level. I mean, it's been talked about, you know. A, um, a B-level group that plays in a tournament that fights to play in the top 16, you know? Yeah, I, again, this is definitely not a dig at Mark at all by any means. Oh, no. It's I, I think it's like I was trying to say earlier, I think he just um, saw a bigger need and worked to sustain that need and give people a place to play. But now, as you were saying, it's like there's definitely an outcry for some of the higher tier teams to kind of, again, not in a, not in a jerk kind of way, but they, they just want to like, it's, it's no fun when you're playing against a team that's brand new because you're going to steamroll them. It's no fun for that team. It's no fun for your team. Um, if you take it easy on them, you're insulting them. If you're going yeah. full force on them, you're kind of a jerk for doing that. It's just, it's just like, there's just no winning. And like, this is even reflected in recreational uh, league. Sometimes like you get, you know, a couple of the, oh team usa players playing and they're just going to steamroll everybody and then you get like you know you're trying to bring out your, your friends to play for the first time and they get murdered it's like you know one in ten people are actually going to come back and and see that challenge for the most most others they're going to want to be i don't want to say like like eased into dodgeball but there's like everybody's got like a longer learning curve i think than what we would prefer when yeah. uh, we're playing against brand new players so i think um yeah. oh, go ahead. it's a testament to mark because he he built a brand and a product that everybody loves to play in, you know, yeah. he's, he's got so many people that want to play now in, in his, for his brand or his organization that, you know, it, 
it's great for the inclusion part, right? And for some of the, the newer teams, that's, that's, that's awesome. But I think there's still now, there's an appetite for the more competitive teams to want something like the elite of the elite, you know, to play. That's all, that's really what the basis of, of, of what I'm saying is that his brand and his product is so great that everyone wants to play in it. But now there's a different appetite for the more competitive teams that want to only play competitive teams. Yeah. So what we need Mark to do is basically have two elites, like a elite of the elites. Yeah. Know, or whatever, just... whatever, how he ever wants. He'll, he, he's, he's very, um, he's got a great imagination for branding so he can, he can do what he wants, but just a suggestion as to, you know, what, what I see and what I hear from other players, you know, yeah. I, um, I talk to a lot of people, not, you know, just on casual conversation, you know, it just comes about that. Those are some of the, the wants from, from, uh, the upper echelon of teams. Man, what a, what a time to be alive, to be a top tier team and, and want to, uh, only play against other top tier teams because there's too much other teams out there. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone wants to play that, you know, it's like, okay, well now that everyone wants to play, we got to set up some type of single a double a triple a whoever it is you know i mean that's how that's how a lot of a lot of sports that grow from the ground up you know uh they got to develop these webs of of uh organizational uh, structure yeah plus if you if you're in the b league or the b division and you just destroy teams all year hey guess what you get to go up to the the majors i guess yep next year you, you you graduate up to the a level and if you're coasting in the A level and you you're just not doing a good job, then hey, guess what? You're bumped down. But there's still some kind of like like inequality of competition. Um, yeah, yeah. I, we and we talk about it tonight, and and there's been a lot of conversations with other people, probably about the same things. But I, I I'm pretty sure that Mark's surrounded by a um, a smart group of guys that uh, that are thinking about this diligently and how they're going to move forward. Because, you know, it's every decision at that level um, is a huge, has huge consequences if you don't make the right decision, right? Yeah, plus it just, it's a lot more time. Like, I, I definitely kid when I say, hey, Mark, just create another another uh, branded <laughs> yeah. tournament because he, he loses it. Easier when, said than done. Yeah, no, he loses it when people say, why isn't there foam or why isn't there a freaking cloth? Or it's like, <laughs> you just see like the, the calculations going through his head and he's like, why? Why? <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I think uh, I mean you and I we could probably talk for for days, and I'm sure we can probably pick at some some topics for the future to to discuss. But for the sake of just kind of talking about stuff that I like, I said earlier, like rehashing our conversation, I, I felt like that was something I should just bust out my phone and just record the whole thing because it was um, yeah, because I was on a good one then. Yeah, and it was it was a roll, and you know the the we had the beer going and food, and it was great, but um. I just feel like from your perspective, you got a lot of insight to offer um, as we've talked about in the past with the DOG panel and just from, from playing for, for so long in, in the dark days to, you know, what we have now, the current, current dodgeball scene. But um, yeah, I mean, and Steve, you know me, I mean, if, if there's something I can do to ever help, you know, I, I feel that there's a lot of very talented people uh, within the dodgeball community who have very specific niches that they're experts at. And I think part of 
the process of moving forward is to tapping into those resources. You know, there, there are some very, very smart people within the dodgeball community who are just not dodgeball players, you know, whether it's helping develop social media or uh, sponsorships or technology. I mean, we got a bunch of guys in the Pacific Northwest that um, have tremendous talents in, in building uh, software and applications and, you know, who can really help take um, this sport to the next level. We just have to be able to tap into those resources, you know? Yeah. And the cool thing is like anyone at this point in dodgeball can be a resource. Like, Hey, you want to help out? I don't think there's any shortage of, of people needing volunteers from, you know, putting tape on the court to uh, designing a freaking database where we're going to start recording all of the wins. Um, it's been incredible yeah. to see that the last couple of years, like what people have contributed to the sport. So anyone who's willing to volunteer their time, their time is a huge asset to a growing sport and organization. Absolutely. Um, cool. I think, uh, I still wanted to keep this kind of mini episode ish, but, um, did I, did I ever ask you? I'm pretty sure I did team taco or team pizza. Yeah. You asked me um, a couple of times taco, right? No, no. So I'm, um, according to ancestry.com, I am 48% Italian. Huh? So as much as I enjoy carne asada burritos, <sighs> and California burritos and um, carne asada french fries, um, I do go team pizza. Yeah, it is. Uh... I do prefer the thin crust so that um, it's more about the toppings than it is about the filler dough, to be more exact. Oh, my God. That's... I have a very sensitive palate to, to pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're probably gonna hate me when i say it. i love uh pan pizza hut pepperoni that's my favorite yeah i mean it didn't to be honest when i used to go down to tijuana when it was safe back in my early teens yeah. um you know there was a bunch of times at three o'clock in the morning when i'd be walking across the border i'd order 10 street uh tacos you know so and those are the best but i still gotta go to my roots and uh i'll stick with the pizza but I am, uh, I could, I could really go both ways. It really all depends on what I'm hungry for. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you have to choose between pizza and tacos, then you're living a good life, but, um, I, yeah. And I believe in inclusion, so I'd probably pick both. Fair enough. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably have you on in the future, especially as we get closer to, to worlds. But, um, yeah, I think, well, I yeah, think which, we'll, oh, good. Which I'm very excited about. Um, so I'm actually going to worlds this year, um, as a, I'll be refing again. So. I'm very excited about seeing um, all the new teams and uh, especially, you know, Team USA. We made some minor changes this year. So very excited to see, um, you know, uh, the next step in, in in USA Dodgeball. Yeah, that's um, – I know I say this all the time, but it's, it's, it's incredible to see how far we've come. And even though it leads over, there's still – still more coming out of this year and, and world's gonna be one of them and i'm looking forward to to seeing the outcome so but um cool man i think uh i think we'll go ahead and end the interview there so yeah as i was saying um sometimes i'm having an awesome conversation with with somebody and i just wish we were either in a studio or i had a microphone or i can just slowly and slyly uh bust out my phone to start recording the conversation because 
trying to recreate it obviously isn't going to happen, but um, at least there's there's there was the attempt. Um, I, I think what I want to do with these these quote unquote mini sods, even though we're kind of approaching the hour mark, is kind of just focus, as I probably said before, just focus on maybe one or two themes and just pull somebody that may have some insight and just talk about it and just uh, speculate and, and just make this um, not so much like recap or interview focus, but also just there's so much t discussion going on uh, within the dodgeball community. So it's, it's cool to be able to kind of tap into that and actually have an opportunity to talk to somebody that's been around for as long as Joe has or um, anybody else that would be interested. Um, I know I keep saying this all the time, but if you have a topic that you would like to discuss, um, Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a full-on interview. It doesn't have to be a recap of an event. It could be 20 minutes of you know just your perspective of how you captain a team or some of the workouts you do or some of the conditioning you do or some of the strategy or if you want to hear about stuff like that. I'm, I'm always game for that. Um, one thing that has been suggested a few times actually has been like a type of um, – I don't say like shakeups or gossip episode, but just some of the team changes that are happening because I've, I've caught wind of some, some big changes that are happening that are just fun to talk about. And that's the whole point of a podcast is to talk about dodgeball. So, um, anyway, if you are still listening, um, yeah, I hope this was enjoyable. Um, Joe, thank you so much for hopping on and being willing to just kind of attempt to rehash that conversation that, I, that we, I've mentioned like five or six times already. It is clearly past my bedtime, so I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, thank you for listening. Have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Closing... Oh my God, what, oh man, I almost, ooh wee, what did I do?